0: Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers from the Y Millbank Podcast Studio in Millbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg in the studio with Pastor Dave Rogers. Welcome back in again.
1: Well, thank you, Craig. It's good to be with you again, and uh, look forward to what uh, we are <laughs> going to be endeavoring to do here in the next few weeks.
0: Right. Last week, uh, as we wrapped up February, uh, you kind of led into the uh, the the next deep dive. That we're going to take, as long as it takes, going through the book of James. Correct. And
1: uh, we've just kind of taken it, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of an uh, expository devotional, if we can uh, use that uh, phrase, to walk through this particular letter to the early church. Uh, I really believe that there's a whole lot for us to glean Mm -hmm. uh, out of uh, the writings of James, uh, even though it was written to... Uh, believers centuries ago, uh, the truths are timeless and applicable for us today. And
0: yeah. I really look forward to it. So last week was the end of February. So we wrapped that month up. It is now March four. That's when this, uh, you know, if, you, if you're listening when it first comes out, March four. Um, this is this is uh, number
1: one. This was the first one, <laughs> and uh, we're going to dive in with both feet here.
0: <laughs> This isn't just tinkling your toes in the in the kiddie pool.
1: Well, no? there, you know, there have been books written, you know, big volumes of books uh, written on the subject matter that we're going to be exploring, and in a devotional setting, we're not going to have time to really delve as deeply yeah. as we perhaps would like to, or if we were doing a an expository series of sermons. But uh, we can certainly. Uh, sow some seed here in the hearts and and, uh, minds of the the listeners and uh, give them something to chew on uh, Mm -hmm. as they uh, walk through their day. Wonderful. As we uh, look at it, uh, we have outlined uh, just basically the major headings of the Scripture, taking Mm -hmm. the uh, paragraph breakdowns and uh, have assigned them each a title, and and we're going to look at them Uh, this first week. Uh, We're going to be dealing with uh, faith and trials. Uh, Oftentimes, we may uh, try to uh, separate those two elements out uh and we think of the trials as being separate from our faith uh, in fact if you uh some would even uh, postulate that if you have enough faith that uh, you're not going to go through trials ah. uh i would respectfully disagree <laughs> with them because uh i believe that uh if you have faith you're going to have trials mm-hmm. it's inevitable mm-hmm. and so james uh, brings this out to us here and uh, right at the get go of the letter and as I was thinking of that, uh, I thought there was a reason for that. And we have to reflect back on the historical context of of this particular epistle. James was writing to the early church, and uh, the contextual setting of, of what had happened or what had uh, preceded uh, his writing this book is found in uh, the book of Acts, hmm. the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, and we find that uh, as we read uh, specifically chapters 6, 7, and 8. Uh, the church was going through a, a, a quite a development uh, period. Uh, they experienced explosive growth following the day of Pentecost, uh, following uh, the uh, gospel being shared at the house of Cornelius, uh, following the miracle uh, in the temple where the, the lame man was healed. Uh, the church just had explosive. Explosive growth with thousands coming to faith. And uh, the followers of Christ were still living in Jerusalem or in the surrounding region. Uh, they were active in, in worshiping in the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, and James, the author of this epistle, uh, was essentially the pastor of the Jerusalem church. Uh, When we look at Acts uh, chapter 8, we find the record of the stoning of Stephen. Hmm. Now, in Acts chapter 6, Stephen was one of the seven appointed uh, by the uh, apostles to be deacons. Uh, over the early church and to uh, take care of the the business of the church, the operation of the church, the uh, detailed distribution to to individual need and what have you. Uh, he was a man of great faith, had a great reputation. He was full of the Holy Spirit, and uh, he he got himself sideways, if you please, uh, with some of the uh, synagogue leaders, uh, specifically at the, uh, um, synagogue of the, uh, uh, the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as he, uh, began or the proselytes, I should say, as he began to share Christ there, uh, they were just enraged with his, his declaration of Christ and uh, ultimately stoned him, uh, Following the stoning of Stephen, there arose a, a quite a persecution of the church. We're familiar with uh, Saul of Tarsus uh, taking a letter from the leaders of the uh, the temple, and, and he was on his way to Damascus to persecute those who were uh, followers of the teachings of Christ. He, uh, he was doing the bidding of the church. He was doing the bidding of, of the church, yes. The, the, the established... Uh, uh, church at the time of the temple Mm -hmm. and uh, the Jewish leaders uh, to arrest those uh, who were radicals radicals uh, (laughs) following Christ. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, as a result of this persecution that Mm -hmm. rose up, uh, the the early church uh, was dispersed or or scattered, uh, so to speak. There were still uh, an element of believers in Mm -hmm. in Jerusalem uh, that that continued to dwell there, stay there, and and historically have always been there. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, many of the believers following the persecution uh, fled to the surrounding regions and nations. As pastor of that church, James had a burden for them. Uh, He he kind of understood that they were going to face some circumstances that were very challenging to them. Uh, And As I began to think about some of the things that these individuals might have experienced uh, because of uh, the dispersion of the church to the surrounding areas, uh, I I began to appreciate a little bit of what James was saying Mm -hmm. to them and the reason he put this uh, so near the beginning of his epistle. and, And he begins this epistle by identifying himself as James, a bondservant of Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, mm. or the, the Jewish believers who had uh, been scattered to the surrounding regions. And so I hope that as we begin to open this up, that you will, uh, uh, the listener, will appreciate uh, some of the challenges that they face. What I'd like to do is just read uh, this first section, if I may, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And we're going to be looking at verses 2 through 8 as James speaks to them. And and as you listen to this, just uh, listen to the encouragement uh, that he gives them, as well as the instruction. He says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like a surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For the man, or that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now, with the backdrop of the church having been scattered to the surrounding region, Mm -hmm. the surrounding nations, I would just like uh, the listener to uh, imagine with me Uh, what circumstances these people may have experienced. Imagine with me, if you can, what it was like for the early believer to try and integrate into a different society. Put yourself in their place. What would it be like for you Mm -hmm. to go to a different country and try to learn their culture? Uh, Imagine what it would be like to learn not only a, a new culture, Uh, integrating into a new society, but also to learn their customs as well. Uh, Perhaps having to learn a new language or a a new dialect. Uh, Can you fathom what it would have been like practicing a faith or having a belief system which the early believers did, which may have stood in radical opposition to the religious practices of the communities where they settled. Uh, They may not have been the most popular people uh, to come to town, so to speak. And so, in my mind, the early believers faced many challenges and hardships. Apparently, James also understood this and and. As I said, he begins this letter with words of encouragement and a call to faith. Now, in order for us to really wrap our, our, our heads around this, what I hear him doing is he calls them to faith uh, and to rejoice in the hardship or in the, the circumstances they find themselves in. He is inviting them to gain Perspective, hmm. and and perspective is everything. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we've all found ourselves in circumstances in life where perhaps we didn't have the best perspective, mm-hmm. and uh, we've come to a wrong conclusion because our sp- perspective <laughs> was was just a, a little bit off kilter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's encouraging them uh, to to gain perspective in the trials and the challenges. That they are encountering in life. I am absolutely astounded by the first thing he says to them after he identifies himself and the audience to the letter. He says to them, Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Okay, right out of the <laughs> gate, he's saying to them, Listen, I know you're having trials. And it's a good thing, you know, <laughs> let's just let's right. just be uh, joyful yeah. about the fact that we are experiencing these trials. Uh, uh, another translation says, consider it great joy mm-hmm. uh, when when you are experiencing these trials. Now, the fact is, we usually don't associate joy with <laughs> hardship or trials. <laughs> you know, I, I just have a difficult time in, in my natural understanding mm-hmm. looking back over the course of my life and knowing some of the hardships and trials that, that I've experienced of seeing them as occasions of joy. Mm. Uh, truthfully, we reserve joyous expression for weddings, certainly the birth of a child. Family reunions, gatherings with friends, uh, joyful occasions, no doubt. But James is establishing perspective for them, and he's challenging them in the face of their trials and in in the face of the opposition they may be experiencing to have a big-picture view rather than allowing for a myopic or short-sighted view of the various trials Mm. of life. And if we can gain perspective, I believe that we today can still, like they were encouraged, find joy in the struggles that we face on a daily basis. Now, he clarifies something to them Uh, when he says, you're going through some various trials. He says, what is being tested here? Let's just take an inventory of mm-hmm. of what's being tested. Uh, uh, is uh, Are you being tested because uh, you're not like anybody else? Or are you being tested for this reason or that? He says, no, you're being tested because of your faith. your mm-hmm. t- Your faith itself is what is being tested. And he calls them to uh, to take note of that. We today, of course, Need to take note as well. I would challenge the listener today to do a quick assessment of uh, the recent trials they've gone through. What is mm. being tested when you <laughs> when you get That's a scary? It, it is scary, but but when you uh, find that uh, you're in a a fragile relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, the relationship you thought was rock solid is all of a sudden uh, seemingly very, very fragile. Yeah. What is being tested? Your faith is being tested. Uh, When you go to the doctor's office and he comes out and he says, uh, you know, I'm sorry to have to say this, uh, but we are facing some, some medical challenges here. Uh, What is being tested? Your faith is being tested. Oftentimes we are uh, looking only at the immediate situation and short cycling it is what I call it. Uh, and, And we want an immediate response or remedy to the situation. But Truth be known, in the long run, mm-hmm. it is our faith that is being tested. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, let's let's even take it down to this is almost to the point of absurdity, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think it may resonate with some out there. Uh, when you get behind the steering wheel of your car, and uh, you're facing a time restraint. And the people in front of you don't seem to understand that the skinny pedal on the right will make their vehicle go faster. Uh, you you may uh, think that you know this is just a, a, an inconvenience to you, or at best your 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 patience is being tested. But truthfully, it is our faith that is being tested. If we believe that God controls or holds our life in his hand, as Jesus said in the Gospel of John chapter 10. If we believe that our steps are ordered by the Lord and it seems as though uh, things are happening, barriers are arising that prevent us from progressing along the path that we thought was the path of, of choice, uh, then ultimately our faith is what is being tested because we are wondering, God, are you really in control, even right. with our time and our time constraints? And so as we look at ourselves and we understand that our hardships and trials are really a test of our faith, we need to also understand that like the early believers, we are being called to maintain a big picture perspective of life. Hmm. James, in calling the early believers to uh, get this big picture perspective, also reminded them that they are going through a process. We are uh, a very impatient people, Craig. <laughs> uh, we don't like processes. We want results. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I can confess that oftentimes I'll pick up a book and I'll start reading a book. And if it doesn't capture my attention, uh, if I'm reading <laughs> a story of some type, I have been known to flip to the last chapter. And, and see if it gets better. Well, no, I just want to know the outcome, and I'm done with it, you know. I don't
0: want to go through the process. I want results. I want to know the ending. Okay, this totally fits into the conversation we had right before we went on the air today. Yes. About hunting shows. Yes. And, the, you know, the, the result of the hunt. That's what we're after. And so if we can get to that, ah, eh, the story doesn't matter. The story doesn't matter. And, and
1: that's, that's the attitude that mm-hmm. we have about late life. But James reminded the early believers that in the face of their testing in the fa- face of their trials they are going through a process now I understand this <laughs> it, it's it's possible to gain some knowledge through the process of studying mm-hmm. uh, you can you can have a lot of book knowledge uh, in fact i've uh, I've encountered uh, one person in particular i think of him uh he was well he wrote books on on pastoring a church but had never pastored a church he had read a lot about pastoring churches and had a lot of theories mm-hmm. about pastoring churches but he was clueless as to the challenges that that he would face in pastoring <laughs> a church, uh, until the time came when he felt led to go out and, and do a church plant. And so he went out, and he lasted six months in the church plant. And I, I happened to run into him and said, how's it going? And he says, oh, I gave it up. And, and I huh. said, well, why? He says, because it was nothing like what I had read in the book. He he had a lot of head knowledge. Mm-hmm but he had absolutely no practical experience mm. from going through the process. And so uh, it's possible to gain knowledge through study. And there are some things in life uh, that, that it's beneficial to have that knowledge uh, about. However, there are some things in life that we are only going to know by going through the process mm-hmm. of doing it. In fact, I, I remember fondly, uh, the very first pulpit supply I did when I was in college, I, I was sent out on a weekend to do a pulpit fill for a pastor, uh, who was, uh, going to be on vacation. And, uh, I was hosted by a, a, a gentleman. Uh, he was, uh, one of the elders of the church and he had a very large family. Uh, in fact, he had 13 kids, uh, And, uh, he was just such a gracious host to me and, and they, they entertained Dana and I beautifully. We had a wonderful lunch. Uh, we went back to their house and as I walked into the house, we, we came in the side door off the driveway and into the kitchen and I noted a plaque hanging on the kitchen wall. And the plaque said, when I was young and single, I had 13 theories on raising children, but no children. Now I have 13 children and no theories. And and it it reminded me that, yeah, there are some things you just can't read about. You need to experience it. (laughs) And that's true of faith Hmm. as well. Unfortunately, in our instant gratification society, we often feel the inconvenience or the uncomfortableness of our situation, and we look to shortcut it or short cycle it in order to get out of our trials. Now that may seem to be the best option, but too often when we do that, we are in fact depriving ourselves of an opportunity of building endurance in the process of life by short cycling the trial. Mm-hmm. One of the things I have always tried to be sensitive about when I would go to minister to uh, members of the congregation is uh, what is the Lord doing here? You know, is is this a situation where uh, the Lord is, is leading them through a season of, adversity or opposition or allowing that to come into their life so that they gain the endurance or the experience? Or is this simply a situation where they, they need the Lord's divine intervention mm-hmm. to to move them out of that? Uh, we need to, to be sensitive of that. Now, one thing that is necessary for us as we navigate the trials of life is wisdom. Um, I'm reminded of uh, a gentleman I had in my my first congregation. Uh, we were going through a season that it was much different than what we're going through now with COVID, but uh, we had a very active flu season that year. And uh, during a a morning worship service, I uh, would always receive uh, prayer requests from the congregation. And then I would lead the congregation in prayer and pray for whatever needs were presented. And uh, on this particular Sunday, I asked if there was anyone who who had a request, uh, something that we as a body of believers could agree with them on in mm-hmm. prayer. And, uh, it just seemed like one person after another, uh, asked for prayer because they were struggling. The flu was, uh, you know, devastating their home. They had missed work, uh, uh kids had missed school and, and it was just one of those, uh, seasons of life. And this gentleman in the congregation. Uh, he he was, I, I loved him dearly, but he had no filter. <laughs> uh, and uh, I would even go to uh, so far as to say he lacked wisdom <laughs> and grace. <laughs> and in the midst of receiving the prayer request from the congregation and after having three or four uh, individuals ask for prayer uh, because of sickness in the home, He raised his hand, and I called on him, and he says, I think that we need to ask God to give us wisdom to wear our coats when we go outside and to avoid places where we're going to get sick. And, you know, in other words, he he basically called everybody else in the congregation imbeciles and and said, let's pray that they get some wisdom here. Well, (laughs) Sometimes we have to go through the experiences of life in order for the process to be worked for us and and for our benefits. And so James is calling the believers uh, to to recognize that as they navigate life, they need to have Mm -hmm. the wisdom to know, is this a situation where I need divine intervention or do I need perseverance? To, yeah. to press through and to experience this season of adversity. And so uh, James called them uh, to ask for wisdom in life. Mm-hmm. It's essential that we discern when we're going through a trial, which trial is working for our benefit and when it's a situation to be avoided. And I understand this can be challenging and it can lead us uh, to uh to a, a conflict do i do i say lord give me the grace to carry on or mm-hmm. do i say oh jesus deliver me out of this like <laughs> you did uh, daniel out of the lion's den and shadrach meshach and abednego out of the fiery furnace uh, we need to ask god for wisdom now i want you to note listener if you would please were to ask God in faith for wisdom. Uh, understand God isn't going to, uh, the scripture says, upbraid us. In other words, he's not going to say, I can't believe you're asking me for that. I can't believe you haven't figured this out yet. He's not <laughs> going to dress you down because you need wisdom. Uh, life is challenging. But when you ask him, do so without doubting. And ask with the full expectation that God, who is generous, Mm -hmm. and I want to stress that God is generous. Uh, If you ever doubt the generosity of God, you just consider how much he paid for your redemption. And uh, he he is generous uh, beyond your understanding of generosity. Uh, But God, who is generous, will give wisdom as is needed. And so... In the picture that, that James is painting here for the believer in the big picture view, he's encouraged them, encouraging them to recognize that the cause for great joy is the perfection or the completeness of their faith, which is the result of the trial. Now, as we read that, it, it may seem a little bit harsh, You know, and and it's you may even think, well, James, that's easy for you to say you're sitting in Jerusalem and you're you're not experiencing what the believers are experiencing in an idolatrous community like Ephesus or uh, in Mm -hmm. Athens, uh, where they've got over 30,000 altars to the various deities, Uh, you know, it's easy for you to say that where you are. But this, in fact, is a theme that we find echoed in the scripture. In fact, if we go past the book of James to First Peter, we find for, uh, the apostle Peter echoing the same theme to the uh, the believers that he's writing to uh, in, in his first epistle to them. And I, I just want to share verses 3 through 9 as we As we close out uh, today's devotional, he says to them, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So that the proof of proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation Mm -hmm. of your souls. And so our trials are truly Mm -hmm. an occasion for joy
0: if we understand the big picture. That's fantastic. Excellent. Let's not forget that we ask in faith without doubting, with the full expectation that God is, who is generous, will give the wisdom needed. That's for sure. That's huge. That
1: is so important.
0: Pastor Dave, thank you for this uh, this beginning stage of this. This is the first the first bite into James. This is devotional thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers. Come back next week. Uh, don't miss it. It's going to get even deeper, (laughs) farther into the chapter. Uh, Tell all your friends about this. Share it around and continue to dig into God's word. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.